I haven't had a job because I can't say my own name. I know it's um, stupid, but it hurts. I won't go into interviews. Once I got a job um, in a me factory, and um, they asked me my name, and I gave a wrong name. And I didn't go back there. I was only there for one day. And I didn't go back there to get me money because I was embarrassed of my uh, speech. But people never looked at me when I had a bad stammer or block. They looked away and I was looking away because I didn't want them to... I didn't want to see what they were seeing or whatever. I was very, very uh, conscious of this. I was scared what they would see. So I kept on looking at the ground, looking at the wall and not looking directly into their eyes. That was my problem, you know. Um, In school, I was teased a lot because of my uh, speech and people couldn't, couldn't accept that I had a stammer and I found that people people who couldn't accept I had a stammer they were beginning to to like tease me a lot in school and I especially hated hated when the teacher teacher um asked asked a certain person to to like to like uh, read read in front of the class and that to me I felt quite quite nervous as far as I know I've had stammer since I was around 3 or 4 years of age my mother was a severe stammerer and 3 of my brothers had a stammer as well I went through conventional speech therapy when I was young in school I didn't want to be there I didn't do it any good um, I left school at 16 because I hated I got teased and ridiculed nearly every day. So I left at 16 years of age to become an apprentice electrician because I figured that I didn't have to speak if I did a job like that on the shop floor. But I found out that I had to speak and use telephones and everything. And So anyway, I didn't really go for much therapy then until I was... I went to America, I had therapy in America. It cost me a fortune, magic cures, did no good. Then I moved back to England and I... Went for more speech therapy at 29 as a last resort um, because uh, I knew that I could do something more. And the therapist actually told me there's nothing more can be done for you. And she referred me to a clinical psychologist. And he was the one that really changed me in that he didn't really know about stammering, but he said, I built up uh, a wall around me, a barrier over many years, and you've got to chop that down. And he asked me to just mentioned to somebody at work that I'd been to see a speech therapist and I said I'll do that tomorrow. It took me three weeks so I knew he was right. So then I went into therapy in a group in England, a group of four, an evening group and from there on I began to help her in the group uh, along with the speech therapist and then she suggested maybe I go in to train to be a speech therapist at um, uh, 33 years of age as a mature student. I came back to Ireland 
and um, formed the Irish Stammering Association and began to run these courses, these uh, the Patma courses for adults who stammer. Children at around the age of two and a half or three go through a normal stage of repeating sounds, like they might go, Mama, Mummy, can, can, can I go out? Um, at this stage, it's very important for the parents to allow the child to just finish what they're saying so that the child doesn't feel that they have a problem because, in fact, it's not a problem. They're just going through a very normal stage of language development. Um, a child can start to stammer at this stage if the parent, for example, says to the child, slow down or say it again or take a deep breath. When we see parents in therapy with their children, we often have to talk to them about who has the problem because often the child of two and a half isn't aware that there is a problem at all. It's the parent who is worried and concerned about the child, is worried for the child's future, who feels that there is a problem. And the parent's anxieties can easily be carried over to the child, who can then start trying not to stammer. And by doing that, they may actually stop speaking altogether, they may start whispering, or they may start blocking. And by blocking, I mean they may try not to stammer, they may instead... Um, make a strangulated sound which is more difficult at times to treat than the more repetitive sounds I I I realised I had a stammer at the tender age of six and this I felt is is really held me back in in a life. Um, I first became aware of my stammer when I was probably seven or eight years of age. I remember my grandmother saying to me, I think about what you say before you say it. And that was, is my first memory of actually having a stammer. And I'm not sure whether it did me any good because it meant I actually started thinking about my stammer. Right. My, my one memory of uh, developing a stammer is that, uh, I, as far as I know, I spoke fluently till the age of f- f- four. Um, I don't really re- 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 remember a time I spoke fluently, but I know from my family that apparently I spoke fluently till the age of four. Um, when I was four, I went to hospital to have my tonsils out. Um, while I was there, I was slapped by a na, 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 nurse uh, for refusing to eat a pill little black and white pill on a blue plate, which I remember to my dying day. But um, after that, I, I developed a, a bad, a fairly bad speech problem. I, 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 I stammered quite badly after that. It was when I was a kid in primary school, um, about seven, well, five, six, seven, eight years of age. Um, reading in class, for example, reading, once you get a paragraph to read in, in class in a book or whatever, taking turns, it was always a big problem for me to it, it go forward to the first the first word of this of the actual paragraph and you look ahead to it and see if you could pronounce the actual word or not. And then if you couldn't you would you'd um have a block which is when you you, you just can't get the word out. Um yeah, so it was back then and something's always been affecting me all my life. As I say, I was hoping it would it would um, improve as I grew older but it never did. And to 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 and teach with no doubtful sorry for me, 
time and I remember uh, 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 one of them one of them once I got into a real serious uh, uh, stammer I just he, he he could sense the block so uh, uh, his way of help of helping me was to was to was what was, 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 was to hit me a hit me a, a hard and pat on the b- 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 back I'd like to to to, to burst the air out like and just but uh yeah it, it was it, it, it's actually uh funny funnily enough who worked on that s- 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 situation but uh yeah my my main m- m- memories as a kid was just the f- just the fear of losing c- 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 control of my m- 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 my speech i got a sliding skull um the teachers used to make me read in school and I didn't want to, but they still made me do it. So I got my mouth up. Because any time I, I read, they all used to laugh at me and I never liked it. And the other students, they all used to laugh at me, call me names and uh, they made me life a living hell in school. They were, they were dumbfounded. They were surprised. Su- Toys, they were embarrassed. They were even tra- traumatized. I'd say at some stages, it, 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 it. I mean, they just didn't know what to do. The, the. This is a is a social um disorder, you know, because if I hadn't to 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 deal with 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 with, with people, I I I. W- 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 wouldn't have the problem. Apparently, teachers don't get any training in their teacher training course about dealing with stammers, which is absolutely wrong because approximately one percent of the population has a stammer. That is forty-five thousand people, and <clears throat> how teachers get no training in how to deal with them. I am overly self-conscious. Um, even there in a group now, still reading it or speaking in public is something which I have a great fear of. Um, but a lot of it, I'm not sure whether it's the stammer or whether the stammer has brought on my self consciousness or whether it's resulting in my lack of like, um, being so self conscious. I'm not too sure. It's just other people don't really see it. As I say, other people don't actually see this. But deep down in myself, like, it's kind of in turmoil yourself when you're being asked to speak in certain situations or like even I remember years ago playing playing football having team meetings and all and before team meetings or during team meetings everyone would be kind of in a group talking and everyone would be asked on their opinions on a match or whatever the next day and I'd actually be so so I'd be so tense in, my, in myself before I, went, before I actually had to speak and um be extremely self-conscious and then I'd say it as little as possible as well. So I think that as well is kind of, as regards my conversation, it's quite low uh, because you're, because that stammers, you, you just say as little as possible to get, or you say as little as possible just, just to get away with it, you know. The 25 years of hardship I had that were very hard where I'd be drinking on my own and uh, I'd be going into pubs and uh, I think about 90% of the people I wouldn't want to socialise with, with them in case I stammered. But there was always a, a certain category of person I talked to, you know. And um, 
I'd be there just actually drinking and drinking and it was like a patron, you know, for a lot of weekends, you know, you'd be drinking to to feel you were a different person after you drank. And I obviously smoke a lot too. I smoke about 50 cigarettes a day and I seem to use it as a prop from uh, for the speech also too. It's like if I smoke basically that... Um, it won't really relieve me, but it'll give me some type of a prop actually to stammering, you know, where I feel actually better if I smoke or it'll try and give me a bit of relief. And uh, sometimes I find it hard to walk into a room where there's 20, 30 people, we'll say a classroom or a function, you know, where you're there and you have to walk in. It's like a, a phobia of speaking, actually, you know, where you walk in and you're there and the fear of it all starts uh, straight away where you're confined in a room and even if there's two or three people in the room it's extremely hard too you know throughout my life I had no like real understanding of it um, it always got my way I tended to blame everything on it um, I went to college I qualified as, as a teacher um, but I spent a lot of time on the door and doing fast courses and kind of wasting my time um, eventually I started working as a house painter and that suited me as a stammer it suited me that a I didn't really have to speak very much. Um, I was very busy and was self-employed, but I never had a telephone. Um, I ran the local arts festival and never used a telephone. Um, I was very functional as, as stammers go. I, I still think I was very functional, but uh, it always upset me that I, I couldn't pronounce my, my own n- name, for instance, or I couldn't use a telephone or ask for something in a shop. Most of them were kind of abused, I would say, um, in the childhood by teasing in school, ridiculed. As teenagers, it was that bad. They, they could no longer they could no longer stick the abuse. So what they tended to do was to um, to kind of take the, the stammer inside them to hide it, internalize it. So because they didn't want to be stammering in front of people, because those feelings probably real in some cases, even as adults, people would laugh at them. So they avoid words, they change words around, they avoid sp- uh, speaking situations, they, they make somebody else use the phone for them, maybe never use a the telephone, they write things down and in shops in, instead of asking for them, and it's ruining the whole lives. It can, it's, you, I find it's a bigger problem for people who hide the stammer sometimes than people who really obviously stammer on nearly every word. A normal thing would be if I was going to shop and asking for something, I'd put two or three words in front of a certain word just so, so, so I could say something. Uh, mixing words around, rearranging words, you know, scouring ahead of your reading to see if this word is there so you can, you know, re- replace it with a different word or put a filler or a starter in before or after it. Um, like even going to the bar, like just, you know, sort of ordering extra drinks or a, a different, it's probably an extra drink so, so you can say the drink that you want. Just silly things like this or in the shop, just, just, uh, but, but, buying extra things so you can get the thing that you want um, even like it came to the stage where some of the avoidance strategies that you had you wouldn't do anything you wouldn't talk to people you became silent um, just just to avoid no, 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 not speaking really one of the biggest fears for stammerers anyway is something that you've ordered all the time because you've failed so many times. You were in a crowded pub and he couldn't say it. So he would go into a pub in Dublin and see if they sold Beamish. If they sold Beamish, he wouldn't go into it. He'd look in the next pub, he'd look at the bar. If they didn't sell Beamish, he would go into it. So he'd go to the barman and said, can I have a pint of Beamish? Because he could say that. 
And the, your man behind the bar says, well, we don't sell Beamish, but we have Guinness. Will that do you? He said, yeah. The avoidance seems the same, not using a telephone at all. You know, not use a telephone. I was sort of driving the car all day and drive somewhere rather than make a phone call. Um, very, you know, some very simple things, even like going, going to the shop or I was sitting in a car and drive five miles to get a pound of butter rather than go to the local shop and ask for it off a shelf that I would have to ask them, you know. Um, and then I, I wasn't... I've met better avoiders than me, but it was very frustrating. It was very time-consuming and, uh, and and frustrating as well. It was a big thing, you know. People with covert stammers tend to be thinking ahead all the time, changing sentences around, um, changing words around, avoiding situations and doing everything that they can, can possibly do not to be discovered as a person with a stammer. When I uh, joined the Army in 1996... There's a lot of the training staff and a lot of the uh, uh, NCOs or the corporals and that, that had obviously no understanding of what a stammerer was. They just saw someone as being inferior, a bit of a re- re- retard. That sounds harsh, but that's honestly what I was saw us. And I had a few friends that stammers in the army as well, and never saw us that. So it made us all the more de- de- determined to succeed. And when we did succeed, you could almost see the tears in the eyes of the, the, the staff. They had saw us as slipping through the net and they were, you know, angry that weak people like ourselves had managed to pa, pa, pass out, pass out of training, you know. When they start walking in a place called Leffy Meats, the boys start slagging me big time, making a fun of me, call me stammer. The boys started slagging me big time and I got embarrassed over it. And so I came to three rows, fights over it. And I haven't spoke to a couple couple boys, them lads, my own brother-in-law, since that. I found that I was doing jobs that I was more than capable of doing and completing. And uh, uh, I thought I was wasting my time in a lot of the jobs because... I could do better in other jobs, you know, only if I had the fluency. Uh, you know, I'd wake up out of my sleep in the morning time and I'd say, well, I wonder will I stammer today, you know, and I'll have to, to work on it to improve myself. I know I have to do all this, I'd say to myself, you know, and you'll have to face the situations in the workplace. And I hope I haven't many problems in the workplace, I'd say, you know, and uh, because it may affect me speech and that stuff and I'll have to be equipped and ready and... There was another thought I'd have in my mind. It would be that I'd have to actually try and get on with everybody in the workplace. And I'd hate a, a conflict in the workplace, like a row in the workplace, or, uh, you know, but not getting on with people. It would be the worst thing that could happen to me in the workplace, I thought. I have had, had some some uh, some b- 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 bad uh, uh, experiences at work um, when... when um, when, when, uh, when, when, like, say, for example, a uh, uh, junior doctor uh, interns would would be ringing up looking for a result, and uh, I would be stammering quite bad, and uh, I'd hear them talking to somebody else in the b- 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 background, who's this bloody idiot on the phone, like, and and uh, I mean, obviously, I'd hear hear it and I've I've had a few a few of those sort of things. Another uh, 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 example was that uh, was uh, one one of the of the fl- fl- at work um um she she uh 
she rang up one day and uh, 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 I answered the phone and um, and um, she she uh, uh, asked asked her uh, specifically for somebody else. Uh, I took no, no no notice of it like, and um, and um, and, and just, just just asked for the person. But then then she was actually just uh, uh, asking a very j- 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 general question, which 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 even even the most junior person in the l- l- lab would know. So 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 then obviously I felt I felt. Uh, uh, quite, quite, quite uh, uh, angry. At the, 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 that not solely because, uh, because, because of my my speech, but was actually affecting our I mean, the p- p- prejudice of somebody else was was affecting work and taking someone else away from their j- 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 job. Certain times on the phone, there's certain words you can't you find hard to pronounce, or you're dealing with a lot of people, and and I find as well quite a few words in the, in the IT world are hard to pronounce, like like log, for example log on or log off and which is a very important word in IT like we're telling people to so for example there you'd use other words like um, to restart a PC instead you know log on or log off would be probably a lot handier and quicker so um, like when I'm dealing with, I find that when I'm dealing with people on a one on one basis it's, it's okay but it's on the phone you get caught on certain words on the phone Um but as I say, I, I've used phones. I haven't got a fear of phones. It's I use phones quite a bit in personal life, obviously, well, and to work. It hasn't been a severe problem, but it is a problem for me as well at times. When I was involved in therapy myself, and I, I, before I, when I was a student, I helped out in a group, and there was a, qu- a qualified, he was a consultant psychiatrist, and one of the big problems he had, which a lot of students have, was using the telephone, especially picking up and saying hello. He couldn't do it. He had a... He had a phobia or a big fear against saying hello. So what a lot of stammers do, they put a word before it to get them going. So he might say, uh, hello, and then he would get it out. But then, then that began to fail. So then he maybe put two words like, uh, yeah, um, hello. Then, But he went on and on. He got to a stage then where he just lost control altogether. And the phone used to ring. He would pick the phone up and he would say, ah, yes, well, mm, yeah, yes, mm, yeah, well, yeah, hello. Of course, by the time he got out, the people had hung up on him. In 1990, whenever I was about to leave high school, I stammered quite severely and I realised I needed to go to some sort of therapy. That was 14 years ago. There wasn't a a, a whole lot out there. So I went to hypnotherapy and attended that on and off for six years, 1990 until 1996. Years ago, especially 1996, when I went on the McGuire program, I was naive, I must admit, and I did think, hey, this breathing really works. I can never see myself stammer again. If I just keep up the breathing, how can I stammer? I didn't know then that my mental attitude had the change, and it was the most important. For without the correct mental change, the breathing, it doesn't matter what sort it is, will not uh, uh, hold up in the real world. I did make an attempt previously to do something about it. I went on the Maguire programme. I went to Bristol to actually yeah, to do the course. They basically taught a method. It was a breathing method, which works for a short period of time. 
but after a while, if you don't deal with underlying problems, like with you know, the fear of stammering, that simply falls by the wayside after a period of time. I attended a lot of uh, speech therapy um, and I felt that this didn't really, really help me because they 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 were dealing with with different tech te- techniques such as heavy heavy b- 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 breathing and that I felt it wasn't helping me at all um I attended a speech therapy on like on like a number of occasions from like the age of about eight to to the age of fourteen and as I said they didn't help me at all to gain control of my stammer. I I, I tried different courses like hypnosis and uh, I did a course called speech re-education. I did one-on-one therapy, but it, it had no effect on my speech at all, or, or sometimes short-term effect, you know. But um, and and again, I, I was looking for this this cure for my speech that I would go from being completely disfluent to being beautifully fluent overnight, and um, it doesn't happen, you know, as an adult stammerer. No, I I I personally don't believe there's any cure for stammering. I I think um, my my own thing. I don't know if this is my own definition or somebody else's. Is that um, a stammer is the the physical manifestation of a psychological d- d- disorder and um, that's something it took me some time to come come to grips with that definition but that's how I understand it so um, I think you can learn these uh, um, different skills to overcome the, phys- the physical side of stammering and um, I think stammerers need counselling to deal with the emotional baggage I think I'll, I'll always have it with me but I think um, as time goes by I, I'm coming to grips with it more and more becoming more fluent, becoming more in control and that's the whole purpose of this course is to learn how to control one speech in any situation. They have attended courses where they've been told that they would be cured, usually run by non-qualified people, uh, both in Britain and Ireland. There's still courses running now, paying, um, as far as I know, over a thousand euro for four days, thinking they will be cured after. In fact, I, I don't know of anybody that has been cured. In adulthood, I don't think stammering can be cured at all. To get people to understand why they're stammering or behaving the way they are, we kind of relate it to an iceberg where maybe an eighth of it or one small part you can see above the water. And more importantly, the rest is hidden under the water. And especially with the covert stammers, but this is for all stammers in, in general, most of it, the emotional side, is all hidden. Um, there's all stuff from the past that um, teasing, as I said, ridicule and, and all those things. And the kind of emotions that we hear from them, they have are embarrassment, shame, inferiority, why me, I- isolation, loneliness, stupidity and fear. All these things are all hidden under there. And because they're feeling all those things before they go into a speaking situation, those feelings... That as soon as they try and open their mouth, there's so much tension there because of that that they just have blocks where nothing comes out or they stammer on every word. So we kind of get them to work on the underlying issues and then if you sort out the underlying problem, which is all those feelings of, of kind of 
um, negative emotions and low self-image, then you can start working on what comes out of the mouth. I would have been co- co- covert at certain times in my li- 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 life. I would have been covert, but then I became quite o- o- overt. I had no choice. I was on so many physical tics. Um, I used to scrunch up my face and clinch my fists, and um, I would uh, I would get amazing blocks. Um, my speech would just I, I'd start I'd seize up in a word. And um, for years, I just fall silent with my face clenched and fists, fists clenched. In my late 20s, I developed this mannerism where I would not only um, clench my face and fists, but I would emit this high-pitched whine, which I don't know where it came from. Like, <coughs> and that could go on for minutes, you know. And uh, I traumatise a lot of people in that time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that was that was one of my things. So I was quite... um. Overt about the stammer, but I avoided situations. I avoided speaking situations, um, and and uh, the frustrating thing about stammer is that at times I could be quite fluent. I could be very very fluent, you know. This course is a platform for change for adults who stammer. The main aims of the course are one that people learn to accept their stammers, and two that people are able to control their stammers. The idea of the voluntary stammers is that clients are able to control their stammer for the first time ever. This course is not about making people fluent. There's been lots of courses in the past and that still are around today where the main emphasis is on achieving fluent speech. This course is different to most courses in that the people will still stammer at the end of the week but they will have a way to control their stammer. Most stammers, adults especially, have lost control of the speech completely. The speech is actually controlling them instead of them controlling it. And it's as if, say, your arm was just flailing around at your side and you had no control of it, and that would send you crazy. So if you lose control of your speech, which is a big part of you, then what does that do psychologically? So what we do, we actually get them, maybe for the first time in 10, 20, 30 years, to actually gain control of the speech. And to do that, we ask them to stammer voluntarily. So they decide when they're going to put it in a stammer. Then they actually can feel that they can control what comes out of their mouth. The other part of that is what we call desensitisation. They're actually admitting, A, to themselves, the stammer, which a lot of them have denied, and B, to other people, they're actually saying, look here, I have a stammer, but I can control it. The voluntary stammering seems to be a good method. I got it very hard to get into in the first place. You know, I couldn't really understand its basis, and I was saying to myself, well, if I was always avoiding stammering in my life, I'm back just voluntary stammering again, you know. I can give you an example of how it works now. Um, if you ask a question like, uh, the day is k- 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 quite n- 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 nice out, but the s- 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 sun hasn't k- 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 come out yet. And it's actually used on words that you wouldn't usually stammer on. And the whole purpose of it is that um, you use it to actually slow down your speech and break the the phobia of actually stammering. You know, your fear of it is actually broken down when you practice the voluntary stammering, you know, especially when you go into shops and try it in the outside world. You know, you approach a person in the shop and... You actually voluntarily stammer to them and you look for a reaction and you keep actually keep eye contact with them. It's a fine, ter- it's a therapy I've never really thought of and I have actually tried a lot of things in my life and uh, 
it seems to be a very unusual therapy at the start, you know, but it's helping me along as a foundation, though, with other stuff I've tried in my life, you know. At the moment, I am learning to gain c- 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 control of my st- 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 stammer and taking on board the 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 different te 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 techniques to to gain certain control of my stammer such as va 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 voluntary stammering and this i feel is going to help me a lot in in a, in a, a life hi there i'm can, can i i have a, a packet of 10 john player blues please and have you uh, uh, any of the of the small runny yeah, the peppermint or the spearmint? Yeah, the little small, uh, the spearmint. It seems that it is, you know, the little things, you know, the normal everyday things like going into a shop and asking for a packet of, of cigarettes. Um, the worst thing of all that a stammer has to face is he has difficulty saying his name. Um, a stammerer avoids words... He changes words. He may have one thing in his head that he's going to say and at the last second he will change it and say something else to try and fool his brain or his mouth or whatever to get a word out. There is no cure. Control. If you can control your stammer, you will manage everyday life. Control is a word which has a lot of meanings but control for me is when somebody asks me a question I can answer the question that's control for me it does not occur for stammering the the um, only cure I know is to gain control of your stammer and let the stammer become your your friend and don't let it overtake you in 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 life and just to accept that that you have a stammer um so so basically um i feel i feel that that my stammer will 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 uh, uh, never never leave me leave me but I just have have to gain certain control of my stammer for for perfection it's to it's to be it's it's to to, to work for it to 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 control uh, the 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 stammer as best I I can overall, and to stay effectively c- 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 
Comunión Communicating, and that's that's the goal is to be is to be effective, to to ensure that I I can actually stay in in control of my speech as best I can. Um, I I did actually actually search for a duo before, and I, I expected it by 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 sheer the 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 term intention that I could I could get one you know but but it just it's not going to happen to me but until the day I die I will always always be a stammerer because it's there that's what I am it's 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 a it's a it's a it's it's a it's it's a fundamental part of me that will always stay with me and that's okay with me that's fine it probably wasted my life, really, you know, where people had said to me, uh, parents and friends had said to me, why don't you stop all that st- 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 stammering, you know, and just come out of it like it's a silly way to talk, really. And they'd say to me, why can't you speak the English language properly, you know, without any stoppages or stammering, you know, and all that stuff. And I suppose they were trying to help me in a way and give me some type of encouragement you know and I often thought about moving to another country to another town to start a fresh life but really when you're a stammerer it doesn't really solve any issue because you're the one with the stammerer or with the stammer sorry and you're going to have the stammer and uh, it's not going to change your life in any way you'll be in the same boxed situation in your apartment or in your house or in your area you live in you know you're not going to change just because you leave a country to start a new life or anything so it's very complex actually um before before the course i would have been a fairly tense person because i had to get on with life and basically ignore ignore my stammer um since losing the fear of stammering, all of that tension is gone. I'm a much more relaxed person. I talk to people a lot more. I'm. It's basically I have lost the fear, so I've lost a lot of of tension that I I had in my life, and a lot of stress is gone. There was a man that came to the course about two years ago, and he would have had a covert or a hidden stammer. And he was almost in denial of it himself because nobody ever, ever hear him, him stammer. And he, he actually never told his wife. His wife never knew he stammered at all. He used to hide it from her by all the kind of avoidance strategies and changing words and lots of other things. But it became a serious, kind of, it had a serious impact on his life, especially at work. He couldn't go for interviews or he couldn't get promotion. A very intelligent man. And anyway, he plucked up the courage to come for a, a, an interview, but he would actually flail his arms around in front of him as a way of distracting people from the, any stammers, small stammers he would have. But anyway, he, he came on the course and, and he did really, really well. But then his wife came on the last day. We, we invited the partners and family members to come on the last day. And she was really upset because 
he had actually then admitted to her all the problems he had under the iceberg stuff, all the emotional stuff came out. And she was upset that he had told 11 strangers about all these problems he'd hidden from her for 11 or 12 years. But he just couldn't tell her. He was just too sensitive. My name is... Is my 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 name is Alex, and I'm from County Kildare. My name is Stephen Kavanagh from Wexford. My, my my name is Sir Butler. I'm originally from Leitrim, but I'm now living in Dublin. My name is Frank Finnegan. I'm from County Cavan. My name is Alan Mitchell, and I'm from Cork. My name is Niall Michael Carr, and I'm from Donegal. Mama, my name is Maria McDonnell and I'm a, a, a speech and language therapist in Sligo. My name is Patrick Kelly and I live in Leitrim. My name is Brendan McGee. I'm from uh, County Meath. My, my, my name is Mark O'Sullivan from Cork. My name is Chris Holliday from Bestbrook in Northern Ireland. If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash doc on one.